0: are listening to Up to Me Radio, the best and in inspirational talk radio.
1: Hello there, I have a question for you. What do you see when you watch women in ministry? Do you see their giftedness? Their ability to speak well while delivering sound teaching? Do you admire their organizational skills or maybe even the way they delegate? Does it look like their life is just full of ease and you just want to know how to make everything as smooth as they seemingly make it? Well, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our final segment of the Women Behind the Ministry. This has been a four-part series to discover the many facets that we do not always have privy to see of those women that we see serving in ministry. My name is Kim Crable, and I'm delighted to be hosting this series. I've had the privilege to bring before you some of the women that I love and admire, and I trust to give you the information that you need that's rightly dividing the word that will pour into you to make you the leader that you want to be. I am a radio host right here on Up To Me Radio. My segment is called Coffee with Kim. It is a segment in which I love to interview people and share their stories to empower you to for you to see how God works in their lives. I am the founder and director of a global ministry called Roses and Rainbows, which comes with a TV talk show National Speaking Engagements, and I love to write our curriculum that we, t- that we uh, teach from. Up to E Radio, the platform on which we are tonight, is in its 10th year, and in celebration of that, our founder and CEO, Melinda Davis, wanted to do something special. She wanted to bring to you special segments so it would enrich your ability to lead in the way that Jesus would have you to lead. Our motto at Up To Me Radio is, it is up to me to be the best that I'm to be. So let me ask you again, when you look at women in ministry, do you think that you're seeing the whole person? Because we're really not. We're only seeing parts of it. But tonight, I've invited a a few women on that will show us, maybe kind of like behind the scenes, and by showing you behind the scenes, what are they thinking What do they use to set the standard in which they live? How do they deal with what we call our title tonight, teaching what is good? How do they deal with husbands and home and health and habits and and all those things that you really don't think about that much? Because see, we see them, we see, you see us maybe on, on the platform, but we are women just like you. And we want to share with you how we make the most of that. So what an honor it is for me to uh, bring these women on as the women that I value and know that they are going to teach you in the way that is good. You know, if you look into the book of Titus, we are told to be teachers of what is good. But Jesus gives a warning in the book of Luke. He says that the logical and effective teaching is that the pupil becomes like his teacher, The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. So what he was saying there basically is, if you want to do what is godly, if you want to do what is good in his sight, then you better find someone that knows what that means. Better (laughs) find godly people. And so tonight, friends, I introduce to you a panel that I know are teachers, great teachers themselves. But more importantly, they love the Lord their God with their whole heart, soul, and mind. And from the depth of that, they will give you the information that I know that you can depend on. So with these thoughts in mind, it is, I'm so honored to be able to bring you to the fourth and final segment of the Women Behind the Ministry and these incredible women right here. Actress Venus Monique, author and speaker Sheila Irwin and actress writer and professor educator bj arnett ladies welcome and thank you so much yay yes thank you
2: thank Thank you
1: you for asking us oh i i feel so honored to be in your presence i i just admire what you each do and so let's just start by would you take uh, some time and introduce yourselves to our audience where you from, where you live, what you do, I just barely said a few things, a few titles. Tell them what you do, and then we're gonna come back and talk about the boundaries that you set behind the scenes. we're gonna We're gonna go into uh, into your mindset of of your thinking that would be good
2: for other leaders to hear.
1: So I'll tell you what, Sheila, how about we just start with you?
2: Okay. Uh, I'm Sheila Irwin. Uh, and I, my claim to fame is I'm the mom of the Irwin brothers or Kingdom Studios, uh, Kingdom Story Company now. Uh, and so, um, but Hank and I have been in ministry for, uh, for 50 years. We're we're having our 50th anniversary, uh, in a few weeks. And, um, Hank was a Dallas Seminary grad. Uh, and while he was in seminary, uh, I was a principal of a Christian school. Uh, so I was an educator as well. And, uh, then taught at Southeastern Bible College later on, but um, yeah, we were, uh, he got into radio and television at, to get, to work his way through seminary, and he, it kind of stuck, and so that was part of our ministry, was his radio and TV uh, ministry there, but at the same time, we had um, a ministry to couples, and we did parenting seminars, and then I started teaching, uh, help, I'm a mom, seminars and people began to ask me did I have a book and I just said oh I'm a communicator but I'm not a writer and and uh you know and so they would say well my daughter needs this information and she doesn't live here and so that went on several several times and I would come home and tell Hank and so I, maybe I shouldn't have because then he started I think you need to write a book baby uh, and so, uh I said okay Lord I'm going to do what my husband said, and and I don't even know what I'm doing, but I'm going to start, and so I took all my notes together and started writing, and as I was doing that, um, the, the Lord said in my heart, I want you to find some women to critique your work, and I said, but it's not finished, and in my heart, he said, I know that, uh, and so uh, I swallowed my pride <laughs> and uh, sent emails to 100 women that I had ministered to over wow. the years, um, wow. and seven, and I asked them if they would commit to me for a year to meet with me on a weekly basis and critique what I was writing. Wow. And seven of them said yes. And so I would write, send it to them, we would meet and the mix was wonderful. I had four women. Um, well, there were seven. So I had three women that had sat under my teaching for many, many years, 25 years. So whatever I said, they understood. <laughs> <laughs> they would say, oh yeah, we got it. You know, the other four women would look at me like, I I really don't know what to try to say. So it was great. It was a great process. And uh, that's a whole story in and of itself, how God got it published. Uh, Focus on the Family published my book. Um, And Hank and I are, are, you know, um, older. (laughs) We've been retired for quite a while. Uh, I'm fixing to have my 74th birthday in the fall. And and uh, and so this wouldn't have been when I would have thought that the Lord would have opened up a new ministry, but He did. Uh, my husband came out back home from a bike ride the, uh, about two years ago, three years ago now, and said, "Baby, um, you know, I, we talked about starting our couples ministry back, but I think you need to start a women's ministry, and there needs mm-hmm. to be sound teaching." Just what Kim was saying is what Hank said to me, um, and I said, "Really?" and he said, yeah, I really believe you should, and so God has been so good, he's given me an incredible board of women, and that's what I'm doing now, um, and uh, it's called Raising, uh, Raising Dreamers Ministries, my book is Raising Up Dreamers, it's the story of uh, kind of how what we did as a family, and how God raised up two young men uh, to do what they're doing today, and influence Hollywood in a way that we never imagined so that's kind of who we are my husband, was, my husband was also a senator uh in uh in 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 between there for eight years so we've done a lot of different things
3: you you
1: really, you really have and all the wisdom you've accumulated there as the as the other two ladies i i remember reading sheila it said Uh, somewhere that every time a woman dies an entire library dies with her and that's part of my heart and what I do is to bring you know uh, to create places where we can talk and we can share and um, I I just think that's so important and our world is not really uh, conducive to doing that we have to for we have to make that time happen Mm -hmm. so
3: um, Venus tell us about yourself dear one Sure. Well, I am a Texan. I love Texas. I grew up in West Texas and now I live um, outside of Austin with my husband. We're about to hit 10 years in July, which is exciting because it doesn't feel that way. But um, I am also an actor because God told me to be and, (laughs) (laughs) and which is, I love I love telling that story. I just love all the God stories, God, all the God stories that He's done throughout my career. Yes. Um, but also, I have a business called Personal Powerhouse that God gave me and woke me up at four a.m. to give me the name of it. And um, I mentor young women in the film industry and teach life skills. And now, He's kind of been stirring something in me about writing um, films. And so me and a couple of girlfriends that are also in the sisterhood, we are talking about starting a production company and we've, we've already got kind of a list of people that we're praying over to see if God wants to bring them on board with us. And so that may also be something I'm doing in the future. We shall see. There you go. That's so great. And I will just tell you, may I just (laughs)
1: listen, audience, if you've not seen her in her role, and vindication, you have to see it because it's not this woman at all. She is <laughs> a, a great actress, if y'all seen that gun-toting Texas woman, right? <laughs> I love
2: it. I, I honestly went and looked at your your um uh, YouTube thing where you Show different things that you've done it was really fun watching so yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. do did, did
1: you see the one where she just very not politely shoved the woman up against
3: the yeah the locker? <laughs> well and I have to say thank you to Jared because I think that the director and writer because I don't mm-hmm. think he knew that I was capable of that and he gave me a little bit in one episode and then my husband was like why don't you tell him that you're not all flower petals and sunshine? Tell him that you can clip a guy. And I was like, okay. So I told Jared, I was like, hey, can I do more than punch this guy? And so Jared like wrote me a whole choreographed fight scene, which then he was able to see that, oh, I could do stuff like that. And I think it helps when you've been beaten up by your brothers, you know, growing up. So
2: it's all good. Yourself, <laughs> we're together for the good, right?
3: Yep, exactly.
1: <laughs> how, how could you know that you were in training when you were having exactly. those sibling rivalries? <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's so awesome. And there, and there you go, audience. You, you never know how God is taking uh, those things in your life that you, you thought was would be could never serve a purpose. Well, now we get, thank you, Sheila and Venus. Now we get to BJ, Arnett, BJ, tell us about yourself. I see your fashion design back there or some of your, right. You're still, still in the office maybe.
0: Well, this is actually my home office and I keep all of the fashion influences uh, behind me because, you know, I'm a costumer, I'm an actress, I'm a director, producer, and, you know, I do this. I just keep changing the hat according to what God calls me to do at that particular time, like we all do. And I'm a mom and a grandma. I always tell my children uh, that I like them, but my grandchildren are special Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they're special because they brought me my grandchildren. (laughs) So uh, I am married to this amazing man named Cameron Arnett, who I am just in love with. Uh, We are uh, approaching our twenty-fifth year of marriage, and we have uh, we started in an arranged marriage. God set this thing up, and now we just kind of pinch ourselves and say, "Wait a minute, what happened?" <laughs> because neither one of us was looking to get married when all of this occurred. It was literally a God-arranged marriage. So I'm very happy with that. But with my life and and all the things that we do as women. We don't stop, so I'm not different. I am the Chair of Art and Fashion at Clark Atlanta University, which is a historically Black university that was founded by the Methodist Church in the late uh, 1800s. And I connect students in the realm of art and fashion to film and television and retail. And I create environment for learning and executing what you learn. Uh, I'm a strong believer. If you don't have a place to do what you just studied, then your study will go flat. Mm -hmm. So I'm very much about that. And I love being at a a university where they know that I am first a woman of God. Mm
3: -hmm. They come
0: to my office for prayer. They come not necessarily looking the way we want them to look or being the way we want them to be. They come just as I was before my salvation. And I give them what God gave me, loving kindness, tender mercy, and a big hug. Yeah. And I have found that, you know, my husband reminds me that I'm pastoring the university and I should never forget it. And I don't. It's real. It's really important to be able to look someone in the eye and say, he loves you like that. He just loves you like that. There is nothing that you can do that will stop him loving you. So I, I enjoy that. I'm uh, not originally from Atlanta, Georgia, though this is where my husband and I live. Uh, I am from Kentucky. And I know Atlanta better than I know Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> I couldn't get two spaces in Louisville, but here I know everything. I've uh, had the great pleasure of mentoring women for many, many years. And to the point of in ministry, being able to speak on and and give example of supernatural childbirth. God relieved us and and removed from us this issue of having pain in childbirth, mm-hmm. but we have to grasp, grab a hold of that. Mm-hmm. So I've been able to teach that over many years and, and actually, um, be in the birthing room and help birth some babies. And, uh, in fact, birth the baby on our bathroom floor and it's <laughs> like in the middle of the night. So, <laughs> so it's, it, the journey in ministry together. We've been in ministry together for all of our 25 years together, and it's been, a super duper, super duper ride. And I get the pleasure of knowing only a little surface bit of what my husband and and Venus go through with vindication because man, those two are the tightest lip folk you will ever meet. They don't <laughs> tell the story. Yeah, I,
1: I, I know when, when both of them were here in my home to do the TV show, you couldn't get anything out of them. You, you just, you just, you just couldn't. Love so uh, yeah, it, even my husband tried and My husband can just about get anything out of anybody, but uh, I give up too easily. I just like, Oh, they're not supposed to, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's, you know, and I just want, again, want to thank you all an audience. You can, you can see the quality of the women. That you have before you. You see the wisdom of what they've gone through. You've seen how they've extended themselves, you know, to really glorify the Lord. But in that, you know, you see this, but you, I want you to see behind the scenes. I want you to see, you know, what, what are they thinking when, when they hit a tough spot, you know, do they believe in boundaries? Because many times the world will make you feel bad. And quite honestly, sometimes people in the church, uh, or, and maybe even yourself will make you feel bad if you're not saying yes to everything, I don't think that's God's way. I want to talk about that to these ladies. Who would like to start this discussion on? Is setting boundaries a biblical Christian thing to do? Yeah. Go uh, ahead.
2: It, it took it took me a while <laughs> as a young woman because you weren't hearing much of that when I was in my twenties and thirties, and and i very um I love to be involved in things. Uh, and I would say yes to 14 things and then find out that three of them were on the same night. I mean, you know, it was just ridiculous. Um, and so uh, the Lord finally got through my thick head that a need does not constitute a call. Mm. A need uh, <laughs> does not constitute a call. I just wanted to repeat that for our yeah, listeners. A need does not constitute a call. Absolutely. It doesn't because we think if there's a need, we're supposed to fill it when when that might be somebody else's ministry that God is opening up and mm-hmm. if you jump on it too quickly you deny them the, the privilege of doing that and 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 so uh you know I've learned to, to hold and to wait and to and you know if, it, if it's God it's not going to go away uh you don't have to be in a rush um and so you'll get yourself in a mess if you volunteer for everything a very wise woman in one of the churches we ministered in for a long time, she was the gal that did everything in the church. She was just phenomenal. Uh, she could do anything, and uh and and she came to me when we first came on staff and said, Sheila, it's obvious you're gifted. Don't tell anybody, because <laughs> yeah, they'll want you to do it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and so. Um, yeah, yeah. So that, that's my, that's my input is, is just because there's a need, it doesn't mean you have to fill it.
1: Right.
0: Absolutely. Anybody? Well, I, you know, I, I think that's just so wise, you know, you don't have to fulfill every need. You have to fulfill what God's called you to period. Absolutely. That I think is, you know, wisdom because you're called to walk with your husband Mm -hmm. there's a call to that God's given you as an individual, you know, and, and, you know, ladies, we, sometimes we get, even in the church, we hear, oh, you need to put yourself behind. God never told us to put ourselves behind. He expects us to take those gifts and talents that he gave us and use them for the building of the kingdom. Part of the kingdom is your husband and your children. Mm-hmm. And if you're not an example in front of those children, mm-hmm. as you're speaking to them, they're not going to hear what you say. They're going to do what you do. So mm-hmm. I I am very much uh, about the um, sanctity of my home.
2: Absolutely.
0: I protect my home at all cost. As, as Kim said, you will never know where Cameron is or when he is because... <laughs> That is between my husband and I. Uh, I am an empty nester. We are empty nesters. We we love our children and love is strong. Part of that love is knowing when to say yes and knowing when to say no and being okay with it. But first, you have to de- identify for yourself what God's called you to do. I have two talk shows and people ask me all the time, you know, how do you have uh, uh, two television ministries and then... You're writing with your husband and producing with your husband. You're doing all this. I also manage his career and your professor at Clark. It sounds like a lot, but it isn't because that's what I'm called to. So I protect each space that he's put me in. And I don't separate myself. I'm not a two headed monster I'm. this is who I am. These are the things that I do. And these these are the family members or this is the life I protect. And I think that if we get our orders, if you will, our instructions directly from dad, if we take the time to listen each morning, which I have to because I think I come from a generation that said, I am woman watch me roar. <laughs> but. That's not really what the word says, you know, so, you know, that's kind of opposite of what God's expectation is. So I have to get in the mirror each morning and pull out those thoughts that are not of him. Possibly I woke up yesterday morning with a thought that said that I wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. You have to pull that out and speak life over yourself. I mean, literally, I stand in the mirror and go, BJ, you are, and and then when my grandchildren are here, they hear this, and they're like, Grandma, what are you saying? And I say, first of all, I'm not Grandma, I'm
2: Of <laughs> course, I love that.
0: We gotta we got get it right, children. So then, you know, so then it's a, you know, I get them to listen by, you know, bringing in a little bit of fun Yes. but i get to give them a principle even to the smallest one and yeah. i think we need to get our definition of who we are and what we're called to from the one who made us not Absolutely. from the women or, or men or our church it's the one who made us
1: right and not from facebook and not, oh my from, God. not from what you know all these other places we go you know, uh, Venus, I know that you, you, you have a journey of starting a, a brand new business. Now you're, you're praying about, you know, something else that God may be leading you to. How do boundaries help you to be able to say yes? So how do you set boundaries?
3: I, yeah, I love, I think boundaries are so very important, especially when you're young and you're very um, influenced by a lot of different Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, things out there. And so I like to talk practically about setting boundaries. Like, what does that look like? Not just um, what what's a situation, but then when you're in the situation, how do you let it play out? Because one of the things that I struggled with as a kid was I knew that I didn't want to do X, Y, Z, but I didn't have the words to say, mm-hmm. even though everything in me was wanting to defend myself or wanting to get out of the situation or whatever it was, I had never been taught words that it could, cause you know, as I think humans, we don't want to hurt people, but we also want to stand up for ourselves. And so I um, have found myself, well, two things. I've had great examples. My mom is great at boundaries. I mean, she's very honest. She does not lie. And so I remember asking her um, my prom dress. It was time for prom and I got ready and I came into the living room and I'm like, you know, how's look mom? She's like, well, I don't love that color. I'm like well okay that's okay but you know by that time I was already used to my mom being honest so if somebody asks her to do something she'd say well I'd rather not and so she does she's not one of those people who's gonna say yes and then be upset about it later because she's doing something she doesn't want to do she's got the boundaries in place and she she lives by that then my husband is amazing at boundaries he's amazing at um I think just like self-respect, and then also knowing when someone stepped over the line and being okay with calling them out with tact and not allowing it to happen. So I've learned a lot about boundaries through him and watching him. Like you were saying, BJ, like a lot is caught, not just like, you don't just tell me things. I'm going to watch your example and do as you do. Mm -hmm. And so I have, I've learned a lot through him, but yeah, boundaries have helped a lot in my business, in my acting, especially acting, because when you are an actor, it's almost like everybody expects you to be willing to do anything and everything as an actor. Like it's okay. If you kiss, it's okay. If you do naked roles, it's okay. Like if you want to be successful, you need to do these things. And I'm like, no, absolutely not. I'm still a human. I have morals. I have values and acting, take it or leave it. You can pay me any amount of money, but you what you're asking me to do is not worth me compromising what I believe in. And so I think whenever I first, when God first told me to do acting, I went home that day and wrote down my lines in the sand. Um,
2: Yeah. And I was
3: like, okay, you know, I've seen so many famous people kind of just like take a nosedive Mm -hmm. because of pressure for the money or the fame or whatever. So my boundaries started with acting with that little list. And I knew, Mm -hmm. I knew what I was going to do and what I would say no to. So, yeah,
0: good. I think one of the things that and you brought it out so well, Venus, is that a lot of women don't recognize and I know for me is super true. And I I so agree with you. I get a lot of my example of how to set boundaries from my husband when he was called back into acting. The first thing he did was sit down with me and say, these are the things that I am asking God for. these are the things that are not going to move what do you see he's he is famous with me for saying what do you see he Mm -hmm. he respects the wisdom that god has given me yeah and but i respect the fact that i can find him every morning in the same spot Mm
3: -hmm. on
0: his face (laughs) to my lord so it makes it real easy to listen but he is clear about boundaries and what you're saying is so correct as an actor you're asked to do things sometimes that don't fit within your boundaries, don't fit within what God's called you to be. So that's not for you. How he even got out of secular industry was they wanted him to do partial body nudity, but the Lord said, no. Good. And he knew that.
3: Yeah,
0: and, and And, you know, when you make the Lord your very first and he sets those boundaries, it kind of identifies everybody else around you when you agree.
3: True, that's very true. Yeah, some people will receive it well, and they'll respect that, and then other people not so much. And you're like, okay, well, then. okay. <laughs> and you know, and I bet, I bet, I bet,
1: she, I bet Sheila did this with her children too. And this is the practice I did before I ever got in ministry was with my boys. I say, know what you're going to do before you are put into position.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, have
1: that That's backup good. plan and then you're not caught off guard, yes. you nice. know, when when they pull out the alcohol know that you are going to find a way out of it and we would yes. provide ways for them to get out we'd always give them an exit exit strategy, you know, so God good. says with every temptation, you know, he is going to, w- w- there's a way out we can find a way out. So I think that what you are saying and for, for our listeners tonight, in leading, this is a good statement of, of teaching what is good and that is to have a plan before you go into whatever it is, know what you will and will not have. I bet you
2: taught that Sheila to your boys. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and I've heard Andy say to many, an actress or an actor, uh, I guess they call them all actors now, but anyway, uh, that uh, I've heard him say often, cause he's the one that works with the actors in their, their movies usually, uh, that make up your mind before you ever have an acting job. Mm-hmm. What you will, mm-hmm. That's right. make a list. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, Don't do, don't have to think about, well, will I do this or won't I do that? Right. Uh, You know, that kind of thing. But, you know, we even have healthy boundaries in our family. Uh, And um, we're, I'm fortunate. We're fortunate. We've always lived close to each other. Uh, In fact, before we moved to Tennessee and Alabama, we all lived in the same subdivision. So the grandchildren could ride their bikes over, they could walk to our house. But we made it a policy that you don't come to our house, unless you call first. Mm -hmm. And we won't come to your house unless we call first either. And you have the right to say no and nobody gets their feelings hurt. Oh, that's good. That it's just not a good time Mm -hmm. for us to be, you know, we're busy or we're doing something else and we'll make another date or, you know, whatever. And we still abide by that. Uh, My younger son and his family live right around the corner from us here in West Haven in Franklin. Uh, Andy lives about seven miles away now, and so it's a little different there. But we still do that. Respect is very important, yes. and that's what boundaries are. Mm-hmm. I'm going to respect mm-hmm. you, and I'm going to, and I'm going to trust your heart. Mm-hmm. My children said that to me often. Usually when they're going to correct me for something, <laughs> but but or or, or I have an idea or something. But but um, I I trust your heart. Yeah. But this is what we've got to do.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, and
2: so boundaries are not a bad thing. And being able to communicate those things to one another are very, very important. And some of those things I learned from my, my daughter's-in-law. And it's wonderful. They're wonderful women. Um, and so, I, you know, but one of the things that hit me when you were, you were saying when you're young, when you say when you're young, one of the things that God really did teach me that there are seasons of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and every season is different. You know, a couple of us here are in that season where we have an empty nest. Um, but uh, there's a season when, you know, my my ministry was very different. Although I still ministered, uh, but it was different because my priorities were, um, you know, the Lord Jesus of course first, and then my husband, and then my children. And mm-hmm. then the other time it was left over, I had to give to other women because I was in a headly, I was doing a lot of mentoring. Uh, in that, that, t- that time period, even when the boys were young. So I think to know the seasons of life, um, there's a, there was a gal that when I was uh, principal at uh, Schofield, that she, um, if, you, if I said her name, she's a very uh, prolific writer, you would know her. But her daughter was in my school. Um, and I remember her saying to me one day that the Lord had convicted her, uh, uh, she, she said, uh, about not being at home. Mm-hmm. And she said, I was so proud of myself because I was a chief national speaker. And she said, I'm, I was only out of my home one week in a month. I never did more than that. One week in a month, I was only out of my home because I had little children. And she said, But the Lord said in my heart, Are you really home?
3: Ooh. Oh yeah. Ooh,
2: <laughs> that's good. Your body's that there, but echoed in my heart all yeah. those years. I didn't have any children at the time, mm-hmm. but it echoes in my heart. Are you home when you're home? Right. And mm-hmm. so I think that's important too, to not be distracted.
3: Mm-hmm. Now I know
2: there are distractions. I <laughs> you know, we're wearing as many hats as we all do. There are distractions. Um, and so um, but are you, you know, are you home when you're home? You know, and and you talk about brands. I have seven of the most magnificent grandchildren on the place of earth. And but um in, in a couple of weeks, Andy and Mandy, yes, Andy and Mandy, that's their name. Andy and <laughs> the 25th 15th anniversary. And so we're watching the children for for them for a little bit. And And so somebody called me today and wanted to know was I available for something. And I said, Oh no, no, no. Mm -hmm. That's my week with my grandchildren. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think I think to stand by that, but to realize that there are seasons in life, priorities we've already talked about. We Mm -hmm. set our priorities and we stick by them. And we don't let the world dictate our priorities. Mm -hmm. We allow the Lord Jesus to, to dictate those things uh, mm-hmm. as well. Um, and, you know, even the thing of saying I'm not enough, I'm not enough. Uh, but my Jesus is. Yes. Mm-hmm. All, he is, and he dwells in me, and he is enough. And he's what he's called me to do, he will enable me to do. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. That's, that's so important to bring up the seasons in our lives. I think of when our children were small and we are a blended family. So I was extremely protective of the time when the, um, all of our children were together. It was, it was almost like, don't call, don't, this is what I'm doing. I'm loving on all of these together at the same time. And I'm, and, and I was so excited about it. And I remember thinking, where is it that I should feel guilty for wanting to love on my children like that, that Mm. I would say no to speaking here or going to this event. And I learned, and it was a hard lesson. I will admit it was a hard lesson to learn that there are times when no has to be based upon correct understanding of the will and way of God.
2: Absolutely.
0: It, it just has to be.
2: Absolutely. And,
0: you know, and then as my children got older and, you know, preteen to teen, I remember thinking if the most important thing was that I was there with dinner and that we sat down together and that we had to look across the table and I had to know what was going on in their life. I had to know that to me was critical. And then when they got old enough to, you know, when they became young adults, I had to know when to step back, but be more example than I had ever been before. And that, that to me is super, super important. But, you know, our first understanding of boundary, I think, is that out of everybody in the household, out of everybody in the church and, you know, everybody around us, we have to have a boundary our space that says, this is my time with my daddy and no one can get in there mm-hmm. yeah. because if I don't have that time with my Lord, when I get to my husband and my children and my grands, they're getting a polluted person. Mm-hmm. They're getting That's someone good. who's not worthy of giving all that they have. Because they haven 't spent time with the one who gives them the first instruction, so I think that boundary is important and 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 i don 't want to want us to have a, a thought of lording that over our husbands and saying well i 'm spending time with God, I can't no that 's out of balance
3: right right yeah. yes but, um I wanted to add, and Kim we may be ready to move on from boundaries, but I did want to add this um. Right, quick, kind of what you guys are saying, yes, it's important for us to have our boundaries, but then also to make our boundaries known to other people. Like you were yes. saying the policy, Sheila and BJ, what you're saying about you know, protecting your time and letting them know that you have to get filled up first. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think of um, one of my boundaries is uh, online. Like you BJ, I don't post exactly where I am on the day. It's always delayed because yes. I don't, you know, people don't need to know and also, Um, like you were saying at the top of the hour, Kim, my family is my treasure and I don't know everybody that I'm friends with on social media. And so I don't post my family. I don't share much family stuff on there. Um, my husband's not on there. Um, but it's because they're my treasure and I want to keep them protected. And so going back to making your boundaries known, whenever I kind of started, I guess, Facebook or whatever, one of the things is I I have a big family. My grandmother had 10 kids. So I've got like 20 something cousins and oh, wow. I, I messaged everyone. And I said, I just want you guys to know if you comment on something and you call me cousin or you, you know, you sign it with aunt so-and-so I'm going to delete your comment because I don't know um, the people that I'm friends with. I meet them one time and then we become Facebook friends. I don't know their actual character. Mm-hmm. And so right. I let everybody know you know, please, you're welcome to comment, but just don't put how we are related. If you try to add me as like your brother or your sister, I will not accept that um, because I want to keep that protected. But it also is working because I did let my family know I didn't, I'm not holding grudges because they're not doing what I wanted. You know, mm-hmm. they know. So I think that's important too. Absolutely,
1: that honest communication. I mean, that breaks down a lot of barriers and keeps a lot of feelings from being hurt. But you, you all mentioned something that I think that our listeners who are future leaders or stepping into leadership or maybe struggling in leadership like we all do, of the things that we're sharing that we've learned along the way is the boundaries and i think i think about that scripture where god says to put away all hindrances and the sin that so easily entangles us there are a lot of hindrances in our boundaries that are not sins but i think that are costing us dearly like for example uh, i think that whoever said this i can't remember but are you really there and i will tell you you know as as is in ministry We are always there for other people, but there has to be a time where the phones are cut off, the Mm -hmm. phones are put aside, the Mm -hmm. Facebook, the ministry, Mm -hmm. everything has to stop. Don't you all agree and for future leaders and protect that time and say for this for this afternoon, for this day, for this weekend, for this week, I am a wife. Yes, you know, I am with my husband. Ooh, yes, right, and, and and protect that. And I will tell you that will make you a stronger leader mm-hmm. when you when you know your priorities. You know mm-hmm. that my husband has to come before even my children did. Yes. Yeah, but they're gone now, so it's just Lee and me. So it goes back to protecting that relationship with him, making sure we have date nights, making sure I'm not just on the phone or talking to other people all the time. But really, that is huge. That's how the enemy is breaking down our marriages right now. And that's why our marriage uh, statistics, the divorce are as high um, inside the church as they are outside the churches. I think it's because we're not setting and living to the boundaries that that God would have us to. Oh,
0: that's so important. I think, you know, Venus brings up such a great point along with that, Kim, is that, you know. We are all public people and social media can be great for us, but it can also be a detriment and a detriment in the home with the husband and wife. It is a real thing and, and not unveiling. Of course we've talked about where you are, but also have a boundary about the description that you give of your marriage.
3: Yeah. And then,
0: because there are things that, that it should be the sanctity of your home. Period. Yes. Yes. And, and we've got to do that. Absolutely. But that boundary and Venus, you're going to make me call my whole family. You know, uh, you know, and I, and I say this jokingly, and I really mean it jokingly, that that I I have I remember one day I threw my phone and said, "This thing <laughs> is just the worst," yes. and because I realized that my husband was sitting next to me, and I was in a constant state of answering someone's Mm. emergency or answering someone's comment or, and I thought, so right now I'm in a season where I haven't said anything on Facebook lately. And people are wondering, is she
1: ill? (laughs) Let me ask you this because we're we're (laughs) down to about 10 or 12 minutes. And I want to ask you this for those who are listening, what do you sense in yourself when you feel that you are not living by healthy boundaries? What is something that happens in your spirit that you think, oh, this is God telling me I'm not living my, by my boundaries, so as to speak into the life of those who are listening? Like, for example, for me, I know I, I get frustrated easy. You know, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm doing too much. How am I going to get done? And I, and I realize, well, I've said yes to too much. Yes. Well,
2: anybody else have something that's signals- hard? I, I think part of it's knowing yourself. Mm. Yes. Yeah, uh, you really have to be a student of yourself mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and to know, you, you know, my weaknesses are not Kim's weaknesses and, you know, we can name everybody here, you know, uh, we all have different weaknesses, we all have different trigger points, we all have different, you know, whatever. But I think it's knowing yourself and knowing um, what you can and can't be trusted with, uh, you know, don't, don't forget that you have an oath in nature. And it, unfortunately, it does not go away until we go to glory, uh, but, uh, and so sanctification is progressive, yes. <laughs> but yes. it, it doesn't happen all at one time, right? It, it takes time, and, and it, it's progressive, but it, it's that um, knowing who you are and knowing what your limitations are, and um, I am um, driven, I know that about myself, Okay uh you know and so I uh, even even today I was doing something uh, trying to get an air uh, trying to get an air flight and and it was you know uh, and I used to own a travel agency and so I ought to know how to do all these things but anyway and I I was just you know I I was just like so I thought I'm just going to go sit in my massage chair and close my eyes Mm -hmm. and take a break for a minute Mm -hmm. well I did that for about five minutes and then I thought no I can't, I, I know me, I need to go back and get it done. Then I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. I went back and got it done. Mm-hmm. That was over and it was done and I was okay. So I think for me, it's harder at knowing myself mm-hmm. that, um, yeah, I mean, that five minutes was nice, but it wasn't really, <laughs> so, so, so I think it's knowing who you are and, and what, you know, what you can do and what you can handle and, and then been living by it. And one of the things that, that I had commented on is don't do this alone. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, you need a group of women that my board, uh, we pray pray every Thursday. We have a prayer chain. We pray, you know, everybody, somebody calls somebody and we all pray and it's been wonderful. We love each other. We're just like a bunch of puppies. We just love each other so much. We're so like-minded, but you know, they're not yes women. Uh, and, and so they're not going to, if they see something in my life, they're going to tell me, mm-hmm. so don't do it alone. Don't do it alone. And you need their support and, and you're not a one woman show. If you are, there you, you are, are doing God's will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh,
0: that, that, that group of women around you is so important. Absolutely. You have to have women around you that will check you. Yes. <laughs> yes you sure. need that. Uh, that that's healthy and you have to be able to know them so well and know the Christ in them so well that you know that they're speaking for your total well-being for your connection with daddy you've got to have that that's accountability and without that we're just kind of like flopping around uh (laughs) fish out of water thinking that we're gonna get where we need to get when we're really not and I love your point about uh, taking that five minutes and, and and realizing that. Wait a minute, that's not who you are.
2: Mm-hmm. See,
0: that might work for somebody else, but yeah. that's not who you are. And that's me too. I'm driven. I can't until it's done. I cannot. So, but I have learned that the better way to get it done for me is at the top of the day, not the end of the day. You got to know yourself to know that.
3: Well, and don't no, you think I'm that's an- a. I'm, Go ahead, Venus. I'm sorry. Yeah, Venus. Oh, I, I, well, I just wanted to, I mean, I know we're, we're short on time and I did want to, uh, as alone, the mentoring, I absolutely agree. And I also want to throw this in there because I know that the audience, they're the future leaders, they're future business owners, they're future ministry leaders. Yes. And I want to be super transparent in saying that all of this, yes, there's boundaries and yes, you know, we're doing great right now. We're seemingly great, but I have had countless uh, just tears why am I doing this? Is it going to work? Like, God, did you really call me to do this? Whether it was the acting or the business. And I just want to say, if you go through that, it's totally normal. Mm -hmm. I think there's frustration. There's all kinds of stuff when you're teaching yourself how to do this thing that God's called you to do, because God doesn't always tell you how he tells you what, and you just have to trust him that it's going to get to that outcome eventually. And so I just want to encourage your audience that there may be difficult times. And it's like you were saying, I think it was you, Kim, that just because it's hard, doesn't mean it's not your calling or it's not what God wanted. You are going to go through tough seasons to do that calling, to complete that calling. And so, um, yeah, I just wanted to relate on that because it's had a lot of and tears. So fact, and thank but you. The opposite is true. I think, you know, you say, uh, if it's hard,
2: it, it might not be your calling. Uh, the truth is, if it's God's will, it usually is hard. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. warfare.
1: I'm so, and thank uh, you, you so know. much. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Because, you know, sometimes we, we get... And one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on is for those types of truths because you read on Facebook, oh, if it's not easy, run. If they're not nice, run. Flee. No. And that's the opposite of what God calls us to do. We're demanding mm-hmm. to remain steadfast in our calling, to battle forward, put our toe in the water before the, before the, the water will part. And I, I tell people all the time. Being right in the middle of God's will is not always all warm and fuzzy. We know mm-hmm. that. That is where we battle. And that's where other people, we are able to take people along with us. And just because it's God's will doesn't mean that he isn't going to change it up. You know, I knew that God had called me to a ministry. I knew God had given it to me years ago. I still have the same scripture he gave me 30 years ago. But there was a time when I had to lay it down.
3: Yeah, When, we, when me we, too. When,
1: Right when we moved from uh, the south to Baltimore and I was I I had I always work on a two year plan. I had speaking engagements two years out, supposed to be on focus on the family, all these incredible things. Someone wanted to turn my story into a movie. All these things were going on. And guess what? Every time I would start to go motivate women, my two boys would be crying. And I looked at my husband, and I said, I cannot leave my boys. I will not leave my boys. Thank you, Jesus, that mm-hmm. he, he put that in me. And I began to find replacements for my speakers. I thought my ministry is over. I thought my season is over. But that was okay. And, mm-hmm. and to you who are listening, you have to know your priorities. And your family is always just beneath Christ, right Mm -hmm. ladies, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. you don't leave your family when, you know, maybe once or twice, but it's not a a lifestyle that you leave your family to minister to others when they Mm -hmm. need you. And Mm -hmm. to this day, I am so thankful. And let me tell you the moment, and I found different, guess what? That's when God called me to write. Mm
3: -hmm. I wasn't traveling.
1: That's how my eight books came about. But Mm -hmm. here's the thing you know, as soon as the season, when I was finished with them, God, it's almost like God went, now, where were we in that ministry? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So a word to, of encouragement to our listeners that God may put a halt on you for a bit mm-hmm. to do something more important.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, and, and when he puts a halt to, to, use your words, Kim, it's not a time for you to turn tail and, and, and feel less than it's a time for you to put your shoulder in because what he's doing at that point is cultivating this beautiful person that he has and this beautiful person that he has has something that no one else in the world can do but you and you've got to be okay with that anytime you see that Things are getting tough. It's not a time to run. It is a time to push into it to see. Okay, God, what are you doing here? Yes. What am I not listening to? What am I missing? Or is it that I'm not missing anything? I just need to sit tight.
3: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And trust. You know that, that trust,
0: because sometimes that's He's just protecting us from yeah. foolishness that we thought was the right way to go. Mm-hmm. And he just needs us to and us. that
2: halt may be. The, the thing that he's going to use to build another kind of ministry later yes. on. yeah. Like for me, with my boys, been, you know, I homeschooled my sons. We were we were very involved with their movies early on. I mean, you know, I, I'm an artist and I painted, you can't imagine all the things. You read my book, it's wild. But all the things that I did with them. Uh, and so that God's going to use that platform for another ministry later on yes a greater ministry than you ever dreamed of i'm able to reach people now because of the fact that i did take a halt yes and that's nice. right yep. yes i did invest in their lives yes and, yes. and not that i didn't minister like all ministry wasn't gone don't get me wrong we Boy. were in ministry but they were my they were my emphasis they were my heartbeat and that they it's given me a platform that i wouldn't have had otherwise. right
1: yeah. Well, ladies we we are down to just a few minutes and what i'd like to do i'd just like to thank you i would love to come back and do this again i really would because i think that the wisdom that we have earned through trial and error and through god's word must be poured into other people because I see all kinds of trash on Facebook. I see all kinds of stuff that is not worthy for any leader to live by. And so it's causing a lot of confusion. So I thank you for for being the women that you are and that I can put you in the mic and I know that your word is going to align with the word. And so I'll ask you this. Would each of you maybe take just 30 seconds? And if you had... What is your final word to speak into a leader who is struggling, who is coming coming up? What what was is one thing that you would just love to to uh, give to them as a final hmm. nugget?
3: Hmm. I would love to tell you that if you are coming across that run to God, run to the word, run to prayer, run to crying, run to fasting. We didn't even get to talk about spiritual warfare mm-hmm. or fasting or anything, but run to God. in all those times don't, don't rely on yourself In the next book, the next self-development book that's going to help you do the thing.
2: Mm-hmm. Rely
3: on God, run to God, because that's where you're going to find the answer. That's who created you to do the thing that he's called you to do. So he knows what your next step is. So that would be my, my biggest piece of advice is don't, don't turn inwardly. Don't, you know, look for it in people or in conferences or in anything, but go to the word and fast and pray and be on guard for spiritual warfare.
2: Love it. Thank you. My, my advice, especially for married women, uh, is to stay up, uh, stay up under your husband's guidance. Uh, you know, and, uh, I know when the boys were little, uh, I'm an artist. Uh, I was an art major in school, and uh, my husband came to me and said, sweetie, I'm going to ask you to do something kind of tough. The boys were a little, and I said, okay. He said, could you put your painting away? Because I'm mm. driven, remember? <laughs>
3: mm. If
2: I started a painting, I couldn't stop till I was done. And and so uh, I did that. And I'm so grateful mm. that my husband did that and that that leading was so so wonderful I mean you know after the boys got going he said oh baby you know you really can pick things back up I not that I didn't paint at all don't get me wrong I did but it wasn't my consumption thing that I did but you know so I I think that leadership and I think we've heard from everybody say my husband said you know led me this way he's the leader of our home he you know we're fortunate enough I think all four women it sounds like to me to have men that follow hard after God. Yes. So Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if we really realize how fortunate we really are, yeah. but we are so terribly fortunate. And so if you're in in ministry, uh, you know, listen to those in authority over you Mm -hmm. uh, and make sure you're staying true to the work.
1: Thank you, Sheila.
0: Oh, that's so good. You know, I, I, the thing that I always think about and I think we've hit on it is that, We've got to trust in the Lord God mm-hmm. completely and and not go to, as Venus said, a book or a conference, or lean into him. That is your daddy. Get in his lap. Lay your head on his chest and say, daddy, God, this is what I'm going through. Guide me through your word. I mean, go after it go after it there's so many things outside of our relationship with the father that we'll go after we've got to go after him like a dog licking after his master's hand because he's got all the answers there is no other answer bigger or better and we've got to stay in the order that he has given father god jesus christ his son our husband, then us, and then our children. And we can never miss the order.
1: Thank you. Ladies, thank you all so much. I think it's really funny because what I had written down goes along with what, everything you all said. My final word, I always tell people, don't trust anything that you can't find in God's word. Absolutely. Don't, don't trust Absolutely. Facebook, Absolutely. don't trust <laughs> people. Go, and, and I always say, and that is your responsibility. I tell yeah. people who I'm teaching, I've studied, I'm doing my best, but I could transpose a number. I could mess, I mean, we are all human. Don't trust anything if you can't find it in the word. Amen. And so that would be as teachers yeah. Yeah. of good. Uh, I think all teachers and I knew that each and every one of you were going to give your advice and you were going to give the things that you learned, the wisdom that you've learned. But I also knew that you're going to just lead them back to the word and lead them back to their father. And for you who are listening, if you will just take that advice and, know, and, and that, will, that will preclude you from living in confusion. Mm-hmm. Doubt, worry—you know—go into the word. I let me tell you, I do a head dive into the word. I do. It's like it's like my favorite place. I I just dive in. That's where I find who I am, what I'm supposed to do. That's how I find a freedom from worry. That's 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 where I find the mirror to who I am. It's it's where I find the one who loves me beyond anything that we could ever imagine. And that is what the word will do for you. So as we conclude this four part series, I hope that this wisdom has just poured into you and that you have been able to grasp on grasp upon not only the information but the inspiration mm. to remember <laughs> that you are loved beyond anything that you could ever imagine. And that if you, what is it? They say, if you have a pulse, you still have a purpose and for us to get out there and to complete the calling that God has for our, our lives and do it in the way that's ordered. Ladies. Thank you all. I just, I love you so much. Oh wow. Let's thank do it again you. sometime yes please absolutely thank you so much yeah love you so much and to our audience thank you so much for joining us it has been an honor to come into your homes into your offices into your seminaries into your space to just share with you how much we love the lord and mainly just to direct you back to him thank you for joining us goodbye everybody